Do you ever feel like if you had actionable systems in place that it can actually take your practice to the next level? Can you imagine the freedom you'd gain from finally getting everything out of your head and into a system that can help you move things on autopilot? Do you ever feel like you want to hire help for your practice, but you just don't know where to start? Trust me, I get it, and you're not alone, but it doesn't have to be this way. You're kick-ass at doing the bookkeeping and accounting work, there's no doubt about that, but you struggle to maintain the systems and operations of your business, am I right? But don't worry, that's where I come in, the Workflow Queen. I'm going to guide you on how to implement tech, systems, and automation in your practice so you can scale bigger, hire better, and break through to the next level. I can't wait to support you here on the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountant with your host, Alyssa Lang. I am so excited to be bringing in yet another guest expert who is probably one of by far the funniest people that I know that can absolutely 100% talk about their pants on stage at BKX. Sorry, that's how we're doing the intro, Melissa, but welcome, Melissa Honan. I am so just honored for you to be here today. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to uh, growing an audience that does not know that story. (laughs) You can't just go on stage (laughs) and just (laughs) preach that to what, 300? How many people were at BKX when you spoke? Uh, I think it was like 400. Yeah. Plus virtual. Yeah. yeah. And I you just like close to five, five to 600 people, just my closest friends. It's great. And you just word vomited about this whole scenario of you and your sales and the worst sales experience that you ever had. Yeah. I had, well, because once you go there, nothing can happen. That's like worse than that. So I could have bombed the rest of the entire speech and nobody would have even thought twice about it. It would have been fine. It's funny that everybody just remembers that one little tiny piece. I could have literally just walked off the stage and (laughs) just been done at that. I don't think anyone listened to me after that about delegation. Actually, I will say they did. A lot of people did take up my uh, free resource. So, but it was really good, but I will (laughs) never live it down. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you are allowing others to also live it down. (laughs) It's happening. We've already gone there, but thank you so much for being here on the podcast. I am so honored myself. I, if anybody's know who Melissa Honan is, you need to just be in her world, in her space, in her globe, whatever you want to call it, because she's just an incredibly smart human being. Who's just been influencing the space. She's been a great big motivator for me. And I've been also honored to be working with her as well for my own bookkeeping firm, but give us a quick little intro about yourself and a little intro. Like you've got a little intro to share. Just give it. (laughs) Just give it away. <laughs> It'll be the short version. So I'm Melissa Honan. I'm the CEO of Bookkeeping for Painters. Uh, we're a bookkeeping and tax firm that specializes in painting businesses. So right now, the latest update is I have 136 clients at approximately 1.5 million in annual revenue. Woo-woo. And we've been in business since 2016. I'm also the founder of Melissa Honan Consulting where I provide one-on-one sales coaching specifically about sales and marketing to bookkeeping business owners. And I am now the new creator of also content for bookkeeping business owners as well with a, a new mini course. So I'm looking forward to creating additional content for bookkeeping business owners about all sales, marketing, how to grow your business. Isn't it great being like an influencer? 
<laughs> I, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's such a different world, people. It's not easy. <laughs> I have to say I procrastinated it for a very long time. It was actually you who was like, why haven't you done this yet? And I was like, oh man, that's true. I should, I should just do it. Right. So uh, I think it's just, I, I've been very hyper-focused on bookkeeping for painters for yeah. the last six years. And yeah. that has always been everything that we wanted to do. And I felt, you know, until every single painting contractor in North America works with me, I'm not done yet. <laughs> so why should I do anything else? And then I realized that helping bookkeepers and bookkeeping business owners is seriously my passion and it makes me happy. And so I'm being selfish. <laughs> That's Which what it is. is. So help me be selfish guys by, by working with bookkeepers. And I, I just love sales and marketing and those types of things. So this is really my passion project. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's been great. I've been doing this for very on the low side for the last year now. Yeah. For and honing consulting, right? For honing consulting. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so cool. Well, I'm, I know a lot of people are going to ask so many questions like 1.5, what? <laughs> They're like, what in the hell? And like, how many clients? I think it's going to be a little bit like, oh my God, it might be a feeling overwhelming to someone else, but also like, that's my goal. So I'm really curious how you've taken what you've done over there and also prior experience. Cause I know that you come also from a sales background, right? If I can remember yeah. correctly. So I did not have an accounting background. I had a sales background. And so actually my husband created the company at first. He mm -hmm. was, he took BBL. He had an accounting degree. He had been doing it for about two or three months. And then he said, Hey, why don't you leave your job and come join me, help me build this. And at the time I was working retail management, making six figures. And he was basically saying, you know, I had like just got into six figures too. And he's like, just, you know, throw that all away <laughs> and come work with me. Uh, we don't make enough money to pay our bills, but that's a great motivator. It'll be fine. <laughs> and it's funny because a few late few years later, he had said to me, like, I, he was panicked. Like, he did not think it was going to be fine. But he wanted to reassure me that it was a good idea. I was like, oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> luckily, it did work out. And when I came on, I just started slamming in sales because that's just what my background was. But when I was doing that, I, I want to reiterate, I had no idea what bookkeeping was, yeah. but I started selling it, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Okay. So now I'm curious, like, how do you go from, I know from my experience, like you go to a car dealership, you go to like, I don't know, a store and all of a sudden everyone's selling at you from an impersonable way and approach of selling into a more deeper. I mean, you're talking about people's finances. You're talking about like the money that they spend at the club that they're not supposed to be, but it's yet on the books. And it was a business expense. Like, how do you deal with like impersonable to now a personable experience? Like as a salesperson, it was, I would say like, it, it was a little difficult at first just because I had serious imposter syndrome in the, but it wasn't even imposter syndrome. It was just like, I was an imposter. I literally did not understand bookkeeping. It wasn't like, a syndrome. It, it was not a syndrome. It was, it was real. <laughs> I, and I, I feel like I'm spilling all of the tea right now. Daniel gave me, you know, the, the course that he took to become a bookkeeper. And he's like, watch this and learn how to be a bookkeeper. And I watched maybe 15 minutes of the first video and was like, nah, this is, no, I'm not doing this. This bookkeeper launch? It, this was bookkeeper launch. Okay. <laughs> so I love when they like say that like we're BBL, I am not BBL certified in any way. 
Okay. I taught on it and I'm still not. Don't tell Ben Robinson that I said that. <laughs> ben knows. Like, I am like the one. He worst knows person. these things. Oh, no, he knows. Other people might not. <laughs> For sure, but other people might not. But I just could not, like, I'm, I'm, went from working in a retail environment where I was on my feet for 12 hours a day, talking to people, doing a job. I was working in jewelry at the time. So I would be like, you know, back, you know, from the sales floor to back where we had like a jeweler working with a jeweler, designing custom things. Like I was very in it. So going from that to like sit in this chair and watch this video on how to do bookkeeping on a computer was just like, I can't. I can't, I like, I cannot, I couldn't sit still yet. So it took me probably about six to eight months of talking to people, networking, and at least, you know, getting the bare minimum in of like understanding what we were doing before I then became a bookkeeper. So I want to say I did actually then after have some training and I was doing bookkeeping for several years, but for the first six to eight months, I had way too much. I could not, I'm not, I couldn't, I just had too much energy. So I just relied on classic sales techniques. Like I didn't, I could never like in the jewelry industry, create a custom piece from my hands. I could design it. I could explain how they were going to do it. I could, you know, go through the process and what to expect and what not to expect and, you know, go through, you know, the different techniques that they could use, right? Like I knew the features of what I needed to know. And then I could explain the benefits to the clients of those features Yeah, is the same thing in bookkeeping. And so that's what I just picked up was like, okay, I'm going to, as I'm going, as I'm learning, you know, with bookkeeping, we offer monthly financial reports. What's the benefit of a monthly financial report? This is the benefit of a monthly financial report. Did I know how to analyze the statement of cash flows? No, but I didn't need to. So yeah. anyway, that that's the, the origin is my ignorance in, in accounting. But I think that's like a good thing to say. You can build a $1.5 million bookkeeping business having no idea what bookkeeping is. Yeah. But at least you had a team to to, to actually to fulfill the thing, right? <laughs> well, no. So that that first first year and a half, actually, Daniel was the bookkeeper. Yeah, and he will even tell you, like, he wasn't a great bookkeeper yet. And so I think a lot of people get like you know bogged down by saying like I'm not the perfect bookkeeper, but you're not going to be until you do it. Mm-mm. And even um, when you're there, you're still not going to be the perfect thing. No. Yeah, that's what Google's for. Google or just call the people, all the experts <laughs> who are also faking it the whole time. Yes. We're all faking it. Don't worry, guys. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it no matter what. I think it's really interesting because ultimately at the end of the day, like you had to go from looking at it from a different perspective in the sense of like, here's just this product. How can I sell it? And now you just like, what it sounds like to me is that you literally put bookkeeping and pretended it was a product and just showcased it. it. And that's it what it is. You're right. You're 100%. But I think people get stuck in their mind about like, oh my gosh, but it's not a physical thing. How can I even offer that? What if there's like this? And then there's this, it's like, and then we're also taught, all you got to do is ask on a discovery call, a list of questions. It's like, that's such BS selling. That's just such, in my opinion, it's not how you're going to sell good. No. And I think sales for me has always been that I just, I want people to understand and I need to modify how I present something so that it makes sense to other people. 
And I think that really helped me is that I didn't understand this stuff at the beginning. And so as I've begun to understand it, now I feel like I have a really good handle of how to explain it to other people that don't understand it. Um, And so for me, it's just sales has always been a conversation and, you know, I could probably sell bookkeeping services and never once talk about bookkeeping at this yeah. point. Yeah. It's, it doesn't always have to be about even just that. Yeah. So when you say that, if you're saying that you're not actually going to be pitching or selling the actual bookkeeping itself, I know that ultimately you are on the backside of that, but what are you really like working towards in those sales calls? Like what are the conversations and things that you're bringing up, especially for those who are listening, who might be introverted or might be nervous, or this might be their very first time they're getting on call. How do you approach the sales call in a way that's not just like, Hey, here's my service. You better sign up or you're not working with me. Hey, listener, just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode today to ask you, have you been trying to find a better solution to actually taking payments from your clients? Then boy, do I have a solution for you. One of my absolute favorite pieces of tech is Pluto. Pluto is such a game changer in your business. It really helps you to allow you to be able to take payments easily from your clients through ACH. They also take credit card as well, but they have so many different options. One of the big perks to using something like Pluto over something like QBO and all the other options that we have out there for invoicing is because because it is way more cost effective and it has saved me thousands of dollars on those fees that we get taken out for invoicing our clients. So we no longer use QuickBooks Online in order to invoice our own clients. We now have migrated over to Pluto. And if you wanna learn more about Pluto and check it out, it is amazing. They make such a seamless process for our clients to be able to add the ACH information, to ask them to authorize us to be able to take the automatic payment every single month and saves us a ton of money in fees. You're just gonna go to workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto. That's workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto to learn more. (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) I have, I have actually made it through several first calls, never once talking about our service because that's not how I approach sales. I think that sales should all be like completely be about education Mm-hmm. And so in my first call, what I want to get to know is the person and their business. It's fact-finding, relationship building. Who are you? What are you looking for? What do you need help with? Can I help you? Right? Do I want to help you? Yeah. <laughs> is another part. But, you know, you can go back and forth and, and have a conversation about their business and learn everything you need to know without going down. a a checklist. And that will get you much further than just, I think that transactional sales, which is what a lot of people think sales should be. But at the end of the day, I want to know who they are and what they need help with so that I can determine, am I even the right person to help them before I even pitch them and try to sell them on me? Am I the right fit? And if I'm not, what is the right fit going to be? Because I don't want to sell them on something that I'm not. Yeah, definitely. One of the things you talked about was educating. So using that call as an opportunity to like open a gateway of education and talking to your prospects. What does that look like for you guys when when it comes to like getting on the call and educating them? A lot of people think that, but if I give them the secret sauce, won't they take the secret sauce and run? They might have the secret sauce and the ingredients, but do they know how to stir? Do they know how to like actually create the pie? Like, what is that? Yeah. Do they even want to? Like, (laughs) they don't have the tools. And even if they do, I've I've had that where I've I've given people 
you know, tips on how to do it themselves. And then they went off and, and they did it themselves. And then three years later, they came back and said, Hey, remember when you helped me, I'm ready for you to do it. So yeah. for me, again, it just comes down to at the end of the day, I want to help people, whether that's me or whether that's help, helping them find another solution. When it comes to education for me, I think it's really important when you're in the accounting sphere specifically, not to be condescending or talk down to people or use industry terms or acronyms. And I think that is the kind of negative connotation with accountants and bookkeepers in general is that we're going to talk above them. We're going to be, you know, spewing out these financials. Yeah. That don't, that don't make any sense that we're not going to be, you can't get a hold of us. <laughs> you know, we don't get back to you. You know, we're going to wait to the last minute to get your tax return done at tax season, whatever it might be. Right. If you do actually get a hold of us and we talk to you, we're going to send you an hourly bill, you know, think about all those like negative things that people come to you, those pain points of those experiences that they've had. And then turn around and show how you're the exact opposite. Hopefully you are the exact opposite, right? And so my big thing is like when I'm talking to somebody and they do start asking about financial statements or they start asking about, you know, how often are you going to do the bookkeeping? You know, telling them the difference of, you know, we do monthly bookkeeping and reconciliation, for example. Okay. Yeah. So that means that we're going to categorize your transactions on a monthly basis categorization is this, you know, essentially kind of break it down for them. Um, but in a way that's not condescending. And then we're going to reconcile it to your monthly bank statements. Do you understand what reconciliation is? Yeah. is a huge, I literally ask every single person that and you're, it's going to be twofold. It's going to be, yes, I do. Okay, great. Cool. We'll move on. Or no, my accountant always said that they were reconciling, but I don't mm -hmm. know what that means. Yeah. And then you take that time to say, okay, this is what reconciliation is. And you explain it to, into a, in a way that they're not dumb, right? Yeah. And then especially because nine times out of 10, then I'm going to go to their QuickBooks online file and nothing's reconciled. So <laughs> I don't know what that accountant was doing anyway. Yeah. But, but they would have known if they had the education, but now you're educating them. Now they know. They know exactly. So again, it's just a conversation where, it, and I take it, you don't have to do that for every client. Again, is if somebody knows what reconciliation is, you don't want to be like, well, let me explain reconciliation to you. But for me, it's taking the time to really let them know what it is that we do that sets us apart from just your regular, what they expected. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm coming at from an education standpoint. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I think a lot of people are just told, just tell them this and ask them for like, when was the last time you filed your taxes, which don't get me wrong, are good questions to ask. Like, I'm going to ask those questions. Yeah. 100%. But it's just all about how to layer in those questions on top of, like you said, getting the backstory, getting the information. Also, are we in alignment? Because you could tell right, right off the bat, you're not going to be the right fit or you're the perfect fit, but we need to still move forward and make sure what we have and all the information that's needed. Exactly. And I will say, I take quite a bit of time in my sales process, in my follow-up, in conversations with people. And I have been told by several people that are like very into sales and marketing. I need yeah. to cut my process in half. I need to spend less time on leads. Like I need to, you know, be more efficient or add additional automation or, you know, whatever it might be cut out, you know, the two meetings into a one meeting and add this or add that. And for me, again, where I feel like my success is, is that I take the pace of the client. And if that client needs three meetings to sell, 
then I'm going to take those three meetings to sell. If I can cut it down to one meeting, I will, that's fine. But I'm going to follow the lead of the client. And the big thing for me is just consistency. So a lot of times I see these like, okay, you're going to have this one meeting to sell a client from, you know, just close them in that first call. Your close rate is going to be very low because in that call, it's very difficult. Maybe I just talk too much, you know what? Because I just feel like it's really difficult in one <laughs> call to build a relationship, get the answers to all of your questions, go through what you offer, go through your prices, close them, send them a proposal, like it, it, it all in one call. I just, I apparently, I just talk too much because I can't do that. For me, it needs to be a longer term game. Yeah. But yeah, that's. It's so funny because I was just thinking something about how you coming from the jewelry background that I actually might've benefit you a lot with how you sell, because like you're essentially selling happiness. I don't know what type of jewelry you dealt with, like the type that you were selling, right? If it's wedding rings, it's like, you're, you yeah, really diamonds. have to pitch someone. What is it? Big diamonds, big diamonds, <laughs> lots of things on the outcome. <laughs> so like whatever it is that you're selling, you're not, those things are so like the, they usually mean a lot to people that you come with a different approach because you know, coming into this, that you're also trying to set that same tone. Cause it's not like you're out there selling what the fidget spinners, <laughs> you know, those things are fun. I'm not going to lie, but I could show someone, but it's going to be a lot easier to convince them. And it's going to be a lot easier because it's a trinket. You're selling a, you're selling the, the curtain to be pulled back by someone's finances. And that's really, really hard to get through. So screw all the people who've told you like, this is not the right way to sell, but obviously, I mean, do they have a $1.5 million business? Let's just talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say even so in the jewelry industry too. So there, there was those salespeople where they would only take bridal clients. Like they would wait to see, they walk into the store and they walk over to the big engagement rings and they're a shark, right? And they're like going for those people and they just want to sell the big diamonds. And I would take any client, I would just take whatever client came through, right? And I would treat every single one the same, whether their budget was $100, $500, $10,000. And you wouldn't believe how many times I would have that $100 or $500 client that would come back to me for every single time they needed something because they appreciated the way that I treated them, regardless of their budget, that first time that I met with them. And how many times that hundred to $500 client turned into a $10,000 client later. Yeah. And because it really, so think about that. You can have your own. That's, I think that's a big reason why I, I do hate asking for budget. Yeah. Before a call during that first call, even because your budget isn't my priority necessarily right now. It's figuring out what you need and then helping you find a solution. And I've had this happen even just last month where I had a client that was paying their bookkeeper $40 a month. Mm. They signed up for services with us at $595 a month after three meetings, a diagnostic review, several back and forth emails. Yeah. And originally their budget, she told me when she signed up, she's like, I just want to let you know my budget was $100 a month. And I never asked her. I never, I didn't, it wasn't, you came to me with a problem and Mm. I'm showed you a solution and the value that you would get. And this is the price in order to get the value that you wanted to solve your problems. 
But if I had had in like a pre-qualification form or on my website that I had like a minimum of 495 or like asked what their budget was or whatever it would be, they would have never even talked to me. So that's, that's really interesting. Cause I feel like even for myself, so how I handle like magnetic bookkeeping, like I sometimes always go back and forth, like on my calendar intake, um, with like, do I want to put the minimum price? Do I not want to do, I swear to God, it's always like constantly putting it on, putting it off. What's the conversion rate? Like all the things, like, I don't know, I guess what's right or what's wrong. And none of it's right or wrong in, in the first place, but you do bring up a really good point that like a lot of people, when they're on these calls, when someone immediately says I've got a hundred dollar budget, it's like, they've already in their mind, checked them off in the sense of like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to finish up this call and get it over with. So I'm actually really curious to talk about how you transition. And I know you said something about value, but how are you transitioning someone from, I only have a hundred dollar budget to now being like, well, look, now it's up five, nine to five, making it rain. <laughs> they, they have a hundred dollar budget for what they think bookkeeping is not what bookkeeping should be and not what we're actually selling them. So you, again, it goes to the education where, okay, well, what are you getting for that $40 a month? Yeah. What are the, what are the issues that you're running into? What are your pain points in your business? And then how am I going to solve those pain points for you? Well, just to, just to give it all away, but you know, to answer the question, what's in it for them, a lot of times comes down to money too. How can, how are you going to save them money by yeah. them spending more money on bookkeeping? I'm not going to answer all of these for you, but like think going, going down that train of thought, right? Where, what are the solutions that are going to lead them to their goals? And then showing them that investing in that, which is what it is. It's an investment is going to help them reach their goals. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I feel like a lot of people who are listening are going to be like, what is happening on my mind? Like, I don't get it. Like, cause sometimes like I just did an interview with someone else earlier today and we were talking about how we are told to do certain things. So you do them, but you never question them. So like giving ourselves permission to allow ourselves to question the old way of selling the old way of just give a piece of paper that tells you all the questions you need to ask and change that and questioning that. I mean, this is just my own shameless plug for you because I know that you support people in this, in the accounting industry. I mean, how do you help people who are just stuffed with all this information about like, oh my God, this is what I'm told to do, Melissa. How am I going to shift this? I mean, how do you work with people, whether that's through your programs, whether that's through your one-on-one coaching or however you interact with people to get them to a point where they can understand this concept? and implement it and have results from it? That's a great question. <laughs> I know, I, I, I was gonna say something funny, but I won't. I, I would say honestly, in my one-on-one coaching, that's the biggest thing that we work on. And it really comes down to working with them and asking them questions and really having them think about why they're doing things the way that they're doing. And then trying to come up with, almost being like the devil's advocate of like, okay, well, you know, as an example, I have a coaching client. She was offering three packages and, and we were talking about the different packages. She was saying what did work in the packages, what didn't work in the packages. And then we probably for about 45 minutes of that call, I feel like it was a really long time in that call. She kept going on this third package and kind of explaining how she was using it and, and how it was determined and, you know, what did work, what, what, what didn't work, what she didn't like. And the more she talked about it, the more it was very 
clear she did not want to sell that third package. She didn't like it. She didn't like the things that had to be involved in it. Mm-hmm. She didn't think the price was worth it for the services. And so, you know, after a while of trying to go through of like, okay, are we going to rearrange this? Do you want, you know, do you want to offer this? You know, I essentially decided, you know, with her that she's just not going to offer that package anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like she needed permission from somebody else because she had always been told like, you need this, this package. Is what you need. But, you know, showing her that that wasn't working for her, the clients aren't going to know. You just remove that third thing. Nobody knows that there's a third option. It doesn't have to be there. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of part of it is just going through. And that's a big part of like my sales system is going through everyone's sales system and figuring out what does work, what doesn't work and putting in a good system for them. But even when it comes to, you know, presenting services or overcoming objections, like the actual sales, like I like to say, I teach you how to talk to people. A big, big part of that. And what I spent most of today doing with other people is role-playing where it's, I'm going to sell to you you're my client. You're going to sell to me. I'm your client. We're going to do a post-mortem. We're going to talk about how to to say things different. It all comes down to practice and getting comfortable. And then I can give you scripts and I can give you what you should say or how to say it, but that's not going to work for you as a copy and paste because you're a different person. So then let's take that and determine how you would say and how you would feel comfortable saying it. And then let's practice some more. So there's definitely a lot of one-on-one work with that. I don't know if that's what everyone wants to hear, but the way that I find that it's, it's important working with a coach on that is that when you're practicing with me, you're not practicing with actual money, which is what happens a lot of times when you're building your business is that you're up with the people that will actually pay you. (laughs) When you work with me, you're not losing those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people get nervous. It's almost like a one of the biggest objections, as you already know, is like, I don't really want, not, not necessarily objections, but the reason why a lot of people don't hire a bookkeeper or a financial advisor or a consultant or whatever that looks like is I don't want them to know that I go and buy subscriptions to who knows what dating app or who knows what all the things like that we've all seen is it's so hard for our clients to even like to pull that veil and just be like, okay, oh my gosh, I'm going to actually reveal something that's almost like you feel naked. You're almost stripped of everything from you. And so like people get really nervous to work with any individual that's like really good at what they do. Someone like you, let's just say, for example, is because it's like, I don't want to be vulnerable, but I just encourage anybody who's listening to allow yourself to be vulnerable or else you will not grow to where you want to go. Cause I can guarantee you, I did not grow a seven figure business, a six figure business, multiple businesses from not being vulnerable. You have to allow yourself to open up for someone to criticize you. And I'm not talking about those keyboard cowboys on Facebook, all mad at you and talking crap. Don't care about those people. I'm talking about those consultants, the people ahead of you who are genuinely criticizing you to help you benefit yourself in your future. I think people just need to know, like, gotta just be vulnerable. And that's what sales is. A hundred percent. I think that putting yourself out there at 80% is better than not putting yourself out there at all. And so you have to get started. Even if you're at 40 or 50%, wherever you think that you are, the only way to start improving is to get started and to just do it. And I don't, I'm still not at a hundred percent guys. <laughs> Are we talking about how I had to push you to just do your thing, get it out there. The world needs to see all the sales things, Melissa. <laughs> just that. Yeah. 
<laughs> and even, I mean, even I, I keep joking that I need to make, I need to get, first of all, permission from them and then make a compilation video of all of my sales calls where I have just bombed because it still happens because you're sometimes you're not on your game. Yeah. That's Please tell me you recorded. Think. Please tell me you recorded the video that you yes. talked about at BKX. No, that oh one. I don't think so. I just, so, yeah. So there was a period of time where I did stop recording things, but I don't think I, I feel, actually I'll have to look, I have to know for sure. Cause that was in, I was in Costa Rica at the time. And I want to say I have since before Costa Rica been recording calls, but I got pretty squirrely on recording calls for a while. <laughs> I think that's pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I always to forget to record. <laughs> I know you just have to get used to it. I think one thing, like I, like for instance, I need to make a compilation video of my speech at BKX and like some of the the different like PR stuff that I've done. Yeah. And I have been avoiding it because I don't want to listen to myself talk on video. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to record my sales calls because then I'm going to trip up or I'm going to say something stupid. You, you got to do it. You just, it, it's literally one way for, it's such an easy way to improve your sales is to, to listen. Hear yourself hear yourself sell. And so that's actually something that I do also offer for my coaching clients. All of my clients that work with me, whichever package that they're on are welcome to send me their recordings. I'll review the recordings and give them notes on them so that they don't have to listen to themselves speak. But that is literally one of the best ways that you can get better at something is to watch yourself do it. And critique. Live through the cringe, man. Live through it. Oh my gosh. See how you can get better. Yeah. I remember when I started Workflow Queen back in 2020, it was the first time I'd ever been really on video. And now it's just so very natural for me to be on video, talking, doing all that fun stuff. And like, man, I used to hate listening to like, cause I have a program. It's called kickoff and sauna for bookkeepers and accountants. And when I filmed it, I had to watch it to make sure I did it right. I hated it so, so much to listen to myself. I always thought I had a really weird voice. And then my sister one day, she was like, you do realize that you sound like Jennifer Lawrence, right? Like if you close your eyes and you just listen to you, <laughs> she's like, I just want you to know you sound like her. And I'm like, oh my God, I love Jennifer Lauren. She's like the best. But anyways, moral of the story is like, sometimes you have to go through and push through it. It'll eventually become natural. Everything is unnatural and you're going to want to push it away. It's just what in human nature we're going to do, but you have to receive it. I remember when I spoke last year, not this past BKX, but the year before, um, mm-hmm. I emailed Kelly and Ben after BKX. And I said, can you please send me over my recording for the video? Because I want to critique it. And I want to see how I spoke. I was freaking the f- out. I had such dry mouth that right before I got on stage, I ran to Brooke's table, grabbed her Fiji water bottle, and I seriously chugged it. And I still wanted to die. I literally was this close to walking off stage halfway through. <laughs> It's all bad. So anyways, I get this video and it took me, I'm I'm not joking with you. It took me almost six months to finally watch it after Dude, as many videos. I haven't watched mine yet. It's, it's, it's very nerve wracking. So I listened to it and, and everybody else would tell me like, you sounded so good, but me, I can hear my trembling voice. Me, I, I, I heard myself halfway through go, oh man, this is hard. I literally said that halfway through my first words out of my mouth were literally something like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with my hands because I forgot every word I was supposed to say, but I had to pause that video so many times because it was so nerve wracking to listen to myself, but it also is going to make me a stronger speaker when I decide to get over the fear and get back on a stage because you have to listen to yourself. So for anybody, just like you're saying, record your sales videos. 
listen to them. If you don't want to hear them, send them to somebody who's like your biz bestie, send them mm-hmm. to your dad. I don't care who you send them to, send them to or your hire Melissa. That's right. <laughs> just send, go. Send anybody, even if you just practice sales calls, this is another, like, if you feel like you don't have somebody that you can practice with practice on loom, like you're presenting to somebody, but also practice to your children. <laughs> they don't listen to you anyway. <laughs> In my experience, they won't know, they won't know what they're, you're talking about, but what are they talking about half the time? I don't know. My, my son was talking last night about something and my husband started laughing. He's like, he just put like five prepositions together the like a string of thoughts none of which made sense so like if you start they're not going to judge you (laughs) just get it out there practice I love that practice makes perfect people find you some people who are to watch your sales calls (laughs) and judge you and be receptive don't be mad when you hear the truth yes you know I think that's something that people just don't understand well, Melissa, this is all so amazing and so incredible. I just love <laughs> all things Melissa Onan. I need to give me like a little like hat that's got like your face on it, just at the top, just so my, I can. My merchandise is coming. It'll it'll come soon. <laughs> it'll be on its way. I'll have a shop, <laughs> and like a little Etsy shop. It's like custom made. Like you can have like you know when you go to like the river, they have that T-shirt that is someone else's body, but then it's your face, and it's like a bikini, <laughs> just like that. Yeah. But it's Melissa Honan. <laughs> oh God, that would be terrible. Ugh. That's too much. I just love it. I love all things sales. So we're kind of coming to the end of this lovely episode here. One of the things I like to ask everyone is what is one piece of advice that you can give anybody from the beginning stages who's just overwhelmed and just doesn't know where to start when it comes to sales? If you're overwhelmed, I'm going to separate those. Like overwhelmed and where to start. Like overwhelmed just make a checklist yeah, and then just go down the checklist. And I want to say that is 99% of everything that I do. I still have one of my original checklists mm-hmm. from like three years ago on my phone of things that I wanted to do. And I haven't gotten to the end of that checklist yet, <laughs> but I'm working through it. Like it's one thing at a time. So just write all the things down, get them out of your brain, write them down, figure out what order they need to be in, it doesn't even have to be right and just work on one thing at a time. So every time I'm overwhelmed, word vomit it out and then just pick one thing and do it and then just keep going. So if you're overwhelmed, you just have to get organized at the end of yeah. the day using, <laughs> you know, Asana with uh, <laughs> Alyssa over here or something like that. <laughs> and then if you don't know where to get started when it comes to sales, at the end of the day, it's just putting yourself out there. There's a lot of different strategies that you can come up with, right? Pick one and just start. And so for instance, social media is like the devil we all have to work with now, right? Yeah. And so that's usually the biggest pain point that I get from people when they come to me and they say, I don't have a marketing strategy. Social media is overwhelming. And I ask them, okay, what are what social media are you on? And they say like uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. I'm also on this, this, a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Yeah. (laughs) We're starting to get older now. (laughs) We're starting to get older and I don't know what any of those things are. And so I always tell them, let's pick one, maybe two. And we're going to start there. And so when it comes to your sales and your marketing, you just have to just start small. So for sales determine what your process is going to be. Even if it's not perfect, just write, going to talk to the client and then I'm going to follow up with the client. Okay, cool. There's your sales process. You'll build on it. 
Yeah. For your marketing, pick the one that you feel the most comfortable with starting. Master that one. Once you feel comfortable there, you can add later. But I feel like in both of these things, people get really bogged down by, well, I don't have pre-positioning. I don't have a, a detailed process on how to do the consultation. I don't have post positioning. You know, I don't have, you know, any automation set up. I have to do it all manually. It's like, don't, again, when it comes down to the, that kind of goes to the overwhelm, start small, write it down, start with the first thing, and then you can always build on it later. It's the same with marketing. Yeah. I absolutely 100% agree. I think most people need to hear start small. I hear it all the time, but I still (laughs) struggle. I still do. Well, I think the biggest, the biggest feedback that for the longest time, everyone was all about websites. And I think it was Ben that was like, you don't need a website to start. And I disagree with that. And I do, because for me, the website was like, this is how I'm legit. So when people come to me and they say like, I can't get my business started because I don't have a website. Like, I kind of agree with you. I'm like, yeah, I guess that like, to me, having a website feels legit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a good website though. So that's the difference. So (laughs) you need a website. It doesn't have to be good. Think about like literally everything that you've ever seen once had a first draft. I always think about that. And so you need to create your first draft of everything. Just get it done. And then later when you have more time, when you've got all the first drafts done, you can go in and you can make a second draft. It's totally fine to do a first draft email, mess it up. Yeah. Next time, you know, I'm going to change a few things. The same thing with website, the same thing with your sales process, the same thing with your marketing. Once you see that something's not working, you can always change it. And so I think that's where a lot of people think that they just need to be perfect. Don't even focus on that. Just get it done. Just do it. It's the only way it's going to roll forward. Well, this has been really great, Melissa. I think there's a lot of great tips and tricks for sales and also just approaching it in a different way. I'm sure our audience would love to know a little bit more about how they can reach out to you. What do you, what do you have to offer, Melissa? I know the answer, but I want them to know the answer. No, I don't want to sell anybody on anything. Well, you're not selling when I introduce it. You're not count. It cancels out. It does not count. It does. It cancels out. So I have two, two things that I do. So I have my one-on-one coaching. You can go to my website, which is melissahonan.com. <laughs> the audacity <laughs> that I have to have a website that is my name. I just want to start with that. <laughs> like that is ridiculous. Like people who know who I am, <laughs> that they know to go to like the, the web traffic. Like Steve doing. Jobs. Yeah. Right. I'm like, it's just, I'm basically on the same level. So if you go to melissahonan.com, you can find my one-on-one coaching application. I ask that everyone fill out just a, a simple application. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching, you know, it's that application is always open, but I'm not always accepting clients. I do take a limited amount of clients so that they do have my unlimited support and my focus and helping them as they grow. Mm-hmm. And then I do also have on melissahonan.com. I offer on my solutions page, different courses that are available for sale. If you do want to learn some sales and marketing tips at, you know, at your own pace right now, the course that we have available is how to increase client prices, which all of you need to do. Yeah. And I've seen it and it's incredible. I love the way it turned out. If you are listening right now and you are struggling with the, how to increase prices and not just that, but like, how do I actually even approach it? It's I loved it. When you sent it over to me, I was just like, people are going to go 
ham sauce. And I think they already have. They already I, have. I've had a better reaction than I expected, but I'm a pessimist when it comes to anything I do personally, um, <laughs> which is probably why I procrastinated it so long. But and you I did it and you didn't make it. I did it. But you you got over trying to make it perfect and you just did it. So just remember, you took your own advice that you gave everybody here today. And you know what's so funny is I did, I launched the course and then like the first like five people bought it and one of them sent me feedback and I was like, oh yeah. And I went into the course and I updated it. And I was like, that's exactly what you do, right? Like you, I got it done. I got feedback on how it could be better. And then I went in and I made the change. And yeah. now, you know, that. so anyway, so I do listen to people, by the way. So if you do reach out to me, provide me feedback. Um, I do actually receive that feedback and implement it most of the time. Yeah. Not everything. You won't talk about those yeah, we're just not going down that rabbit hole today. Not not today. But I know that you have a lot of things in the works and you've got a lot of things going on and bubbling in your brain about like the way you want to help this community. I stand 1000% behind everything that Melissa is doing and her mission and the way that she's going to support this industry and, and help make everyone a ton of money. So that's always <laughs> a benefit too at the end of the day. So is there anywhere on, you're on Instagram, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Social media. So you can also find me on Instagram. I'm official Melissa Honan because some random Melissa Honan in Australia got at Melissa Honan. So uh, just shout out to the Melissa Honan in Australia. If you could give me your handle, I'd really appreciate it. We'll Uh, just all tag her and just be like, (laughs) (laughs) cause I feel like having official is like, Ooh, it's cringe again. Like the audacity. I'm not official in any sense of the word. And then Facebook, of course, I have like my business page, but I do also have a new Facebook group. Um, It's a public free Facebook group. It's called Sales and Marketing Tips for Bookkeepers. I'm really excited to grow that to be just a huge community of people just sharing tips on how to get better at sales, better at marketing, providing resources to each other, providing support. Um, So please come join us over at that Facebook group as well. And you can find the links to all of the social media on my website. Yeah. I thought you were going to do a, a drop of in, in Alyssa's show notes. I was like, that's my job. Oh, <laughs> I'm supposed to say. No, I don't know. I mean, I was like a podcast host for a little I while. Know you were. I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> who, who really does, you know, but yes, anybody, any of these links that uh, Melissa has shared here, I'm actually going to be dropping them in the show notes. And please, if you learned absolutely anything and took away one tiny little thing, and you absolutely love this episode, please share it. Please tag me over at Workflow Queen and also the official, not the official Melissa Honan on Instagram as well. And let us know how much you loved it and share your feedback and leave us a review and subscribe below. We are so pumped and so honored, Melissa, once again, for being here today and sharing all your tips and tricks and laughs. And it's always such a great time to have you around. Thank you so much for having me and saying such nice things about me. I'm going to have like a really big ego for the rest of the day. Only one day. That's the only pass you get. It'll it'll end after five. (laughs) Well, thanks. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of our Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang, the founder and owner of Workflow Queen. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with a fellow bookkeeper or an accountant on social media, and also tag me on Instagram at Workflow Queen. The more that we work together to get this out in front of other people, the better I can help to serve this industry to create more solid systems and processes. Now go take what you learned from today's episode and apply it into your practice so you can finally give yourself the brain space and freedom that you deserve. I can't wait to see you unfold throughout your journey 
And thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode. See you next time.